Today is Valentine's. It's a day we celebrate love. I hope that you're able to celebrate love in your life, uh, the love of a friend or a family member, a sibling or child or parent. I'm celebrating those and the love of my church family. I got some Valentine cards in the mail from our UMW circles, our United Methodist women sharing love for me on Valentine's Day, and I appreciate that. Maybe you're celebrating the love of a spouse or a partner. I'm thankful to be at a place where I feel like I can open my heart to love again in that sense, and I'm thankful for Kristen, who I share a relationship with like that. But as Pastor Stacy prayed, above all of that are foundational to all of that, all of our experiences and expressions of love is the love of God that we know for ourselves, for one another, for the world. And so I want to read in just a minute for us a passage of Scripture that I, I think embodies so well, an expression of God's love for us. And so we're going to put the words to that Scripture on the screen, and then when I'm finished reading it, I want to invite you to affirm that scripture with me, that it is for us today. I'll say this is the word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks be to God. So would you listen now to Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. Jesus traveled among all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, announcing the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and every sickness. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were troubled and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The size of the harvest is bigger than you can imagine, but there are few workers. Therefore, plead with the Lord of the harvest, to send out workers for this, his harvest. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, I studied the book of Matthew in seminary. I took a class specifically on Matthew. And one of the things that I learned about this book is that this particular point in the story, uh, in Matthew's account of Jesus' life and death and resurrection, that this particular point here at the end of chapter 9 and beginning of chapter 10 is actually a crucial turning point for us to understand the story. In fact, these words of Jesus are that turning point. And the turn happens like this. Up until this part of chapter 9, the end of chapter 9, we see and hear about Jesus's ministry. And, and actually the first verse there of what we read summarizes that. But Jesus went around all the towns and villages and to the synagogues, preaching and teaching and healing. And then the, the turn happens when Jesus looks at his disciples and tells them to pray because the harvest is bountiful, but the workers are few. To pray to God that God will send workers out into the harvest field. What happens is Jesus takes this ministry that has been his, that they have been observing, and he hands it to them. 
In fact, you keep reading in chapter 10, and, and it says he sends them out to go and do the very things that he has been doing. And so in Matthew's gospel, account of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, this moment is when Jesus takes the ministry that he has come to earth to do, and he hands it to his followers, to his disciples, to the apostles. And, and there's a sense in which we can understand that he handed it to them for them to do. But also we understand that Jesus has handed it to them. And they handed it down. And, and then they handed it down. And it's been handed down in the sense that Jesus has handed it to us today. And, and right at the, the crux, the pinnacle of this turning point is when it says, Jesus has been teaching, preaching healing in the towns and villages, synagogues. It says that Jesus looked out at the people and he had compassion for them because they were troubled, helpless, hurting, like sheep without a shepherd. And I will never be able to read or say that phrase, sheep without a shepherd, for the rest of my life without thinking of the image of one particular sheep that I read in the news about 15 years ago. Maybe you saw this story, I don't know. But, but the story made worldwide news, and it's about one particular sheep in New Zealand, and his name was Shrek. And the reason Shrek made the news was because even though the Merino sheep that we get Merino wool from are, are herded there and, and are supposed to be shorn annually, this particular sheep, Shrek, escaped his pen and escaped the shepherds and hid out in the wilderness. And, and he was out there six years without ever being shorn. And so the result is the, the images that you're seeing right now on your screen, this this sheep that is so overcome with its own wool that you can barely even tell there's an animal in there. It's like the ultimate pandemic haircut there, just, just completely overgrown. Whitney, could you imagine trying to give a haircut to something like that? In fact, the story said that when they found Shrek, when, when a worker in the field, a sheep herder, finally found Shrek and, and brought him in that Shrek weighed more than double what a sheep would typically weigh because of the weight of all of that wool. And, and Shrek had avoided being shorn because when they would go out and bring the sheep in each year, or each time they would take him out in the field and bring him back in, Shrek would hide in caves or in thickets. But finally, this worker found the sheep. Shrek brought him in. And they sent for the best sheep shearer in all of New Zealand, this master shearer, because they knew it would take somebody of that caliber to be able to safely remove all of this wool from this sheep. And so the master shearer went to work shaving layer by layer, and removing all of this wool off of Shrek until he was like new, completely clean and relieved of all of that wool. And, and not just the wool, but you can see in the picture that 
over six years of carrying this wool around that the wool had been rained on and gotten all matted and damp and covered in dust and dirt and mud. And you can see the, the branches and the leaves that are stuck in the wool. But this master shearer removes all of that and makes this sheep clean and new. And you can see they, they even gave it a coat with his name on it and put him on display proudly for everybody to see. Look at the transformation that has happened in the life of this sheep, this miraculous transformation. And that they invited people from all around to come and see, and they all gathered around to celebrate what had happened in the life of this sheep that had spent six years, the majority of its life, out in the wilderness without being cleaned. And when I read this passage about Jesus looking out at the people as He went out in the towns, in the villages, went out amongst people, which I think is a good word for us right now in the midst of the way that we are functioning as a church to see that Jesus' ministry was built on going out and being among people. Nowhere does it say that Jesus found a building, found a place, and set Himself up and hung up a big sign and said, y'all come to Me. But in fact, it was the exact opposite. He went out to the people in the towns and the villages. And as He did, He looked at them and saw that they were hurting, trouble, helpless, weighted down with all that they had experienced, with all that they had done. And He had compassion for them. I just can't imagine what it would have felt like to be Shrek, <laughs> to be that sheep. Where sheep would normally be shorn every year and clean and grow fresh wool and you know, only to a certain size, but... Year after year after year, this wool growing and growing, getting thicker and heavier and covered down, weighted down. As Jesus looked at his people, and he saw the weight of the circumstances of their lives and the world that they were living in. It moved him. He had such care and concern for them. Filled with love and empathy for their situation, for their station in life. The people that he saw who were hurting. That it moved him to action. So we see in this image of Jesus a picture of God's compassionate love for us and for the world. That's one thing I'm thankful for about the leadership of our church as we've dealt with this time and, and the decisions about how we're going to be the church, how we'll try to gather and to what extent and when and make 
what quite frankly are impossible decisions, particularly if you're trying to please people. I feel like every step of the way, the leadership of this church has been driven, has been guided by compassion, care, and concern for the needs and for what's best of the people, not just of our church congregation, but our community and the world. As I've had conversations about these decisions with people uh, inside and outside the church, I mean, one of the things, one of the phrases that I hear often is that we got to choose faith over fear. And, and amen, that couldn't be more true. It's interesting to think about the different ways that can apply. Choose faith that God will keep us healthy and safe so we can still gather and not be afraid of the virus. Or choose faith that God moves among God's people regardless of the circumstances. So we don't have to be afraid that people are going to get mad or get upset or leave the church and find a different church. We can trust God in the midst. And somewhere in all of this, we also choose compassion. Which is the way of Jesus. Compassion over conquest. <laughs> compassion over our comfortability. Compassion over our confidence. Because Jesus had compassion for the people. So much so that it moved him to action. And the action that it moved him to was to call on his disciples to pray that the Lord would send workers into the harvest field. And as you read forward in chapter 10, Jesus tells them, by the way, those workers you're praying for are you. And he hands them the ministry of the gospel, the ministry of the good news of the love of God in Jesus Christ. The very ministry that they had experienced and received for themselves, where they had felt what it feels like to have God Almighty in the person of Jesus Christ wash away, shear off all of those years of hurt and pain and suffering and shame. To take them right where they were, to wash them clean and make them new, to set them free, just like that master shearer did for Shrek. You see in that picture where he shears off all of those years and layers of dirt and dust and twigs and leaves matted down wool and makes them new. The very thing that God had done for those disciples, the very thing that God has done for you and me, oh, siblings in Christ. Jesus hands that ministry to them and sends them out to go and do the same. In other words, Jesus puts his faith in us, in them. I 
I don't know if it's because Jesus looked around and was overwhelmed by the magnitude of the suffering and the pain that existed in the lives of the people, overwhelmed by the circumstances and the struggle, just like we might look around today and be overwhelmed by the magnitude of the struggles in our world. Overwhelmed, Jesus overwhelmed so much that he was willing to hand this ministry to people like you and me. For all of our own flaws and brokenness. The years of weight and struggle that we've endured. But somehow, Jesus knew that he could entrust this ministry to his friends, to his followers, to the disciples, to you and me. And he told them when he handed it to them, it's not going to be easy. You're going to face all kinds of challenges and difficulties. People won't listen to you. They'll turn you away. And Jesus said, yeah, I will be with you. Every step, every word, every day, to the end of time, to the ends of the earth. He promises to go with us. As Jesus has put his faith in us, we can put our faith in him to know that he continues to do this cleansing work in our lives and the lives of our neighbors, our family, and our world. In fact, I think there's something to see here that It was in the midst of a moment when Jesus was overwhelmed by the suffering, by the struggling, by the hurt and helplessness of his people. It was so significant that he said, the harvest is plentiful, bountiful. In some sense, you might understand that to mean there is no end to how big, to how great God's harvest is for us now, maybe because of the magnitude of the problems. Think about Shrek. All of that wool that had overgrown on that sheep and was weighing him down when they shorn off, sheared, sheared off all of the wool off of him. There was enough wool there, they said, for 30 sweaters. Huh, Gene. Fran, Stacy, what could you do with the yarn from that much wool? What kind of beautiful things could you make? And this is exactly what God does. This is exactly what Jesus does. In the times when the weight feels like it's too much, when there's so much matted down on us, on our community, on our world, This is the moment when Jesus steps in and does the miraculous, brings forth beauty and life in ways that you and I could never imagine or come up with on our own. And he's handing this ministry to us and inviting us to carry God's love, God's compassionate, faithful love into our world. Are you you feeling the weight 
of your own life. This, this was the majority of Shrek's life he spent weighted down. Maybe you've spent years, year after year, feeling the weight growing, adding, matting down, picking up dust and dirt. Hear the good news of the gospel. Jesus Christ sets you free, gives you life. And like his disciples, when you've experienced that, when you've witnessed that firsthand in your own life or in the lives of the people around you, you have a gift to give. You have something to tell. You have a ministry to share and be about in your life right where you are. So before we conclude our worship today, we're going to break everybody out into rooms one more time. I'm going to offer a prayer and then we'll break you out. And in the rooms, if you'd be willing to take just a couple of minutes and think about this story of Jesus and his disciples. Think about the story of Shrek, the sheep. And I just wonder, do you identify anywhere in that story today? Maybe with Shrek out in the wilderness, weighted down by life. Maybe with Shrek having been freshly shorn and cleaned of all of it and made new. Maybe with the worker in the field, the sheep herder, who was out looking and found Shrek and showed him the way to life, new and clean. Or maybe the people who were gathered around Shrek to, to, to celebrate this new life. So I just want to ask you, if you take a couple of minutes in the breakout room and be willing to have that conversation to share, to be vulnerable a little bit, and name where you identify in this story today. Okay, I want to offer a prayer and then we'll break out together. God, we are thankful for the compassionate, faithful love that you have for us that we see and experience in your Son, our Savior, Jesus. And we celebrate your love today. God, thank you that no matter where we are, no matter what we carry, no matter what we've dealt with, endured, or done, that you make us clean and new that you give us life like we've never known before. And God, we're thankful that this gift of life you give us is an invitation to be a part of it, to share it, to be a blessing to the lives of those around us as we carry the good news into our world. Oh God, may it be true of us today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.